AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. Hi, I'm Kate Hudson. And my name is Oliver Hudson. We wanted to do something that highlighted our relationship. And what it's like to be siblings. We are a sibling rivalry. No, no. Sibling rivalry. Don't do that with your mouth. <laughs> sibling rivalry. That's good. Oliver, I know how bad you want to sing this song right now, and we need to talk about well, this. First you of all, I'm can't. Gonna, first of all, I'm going to no, sing it. No, but you can't. We're going to have to bleep the whole thing. No, no, no. Because apparently, this is like a thing, and I don't really thing. understand it. This makes no sense. Our producers have cut us off from singing songs that are not originals. But can't we sing a song and change the lyrics? Yeah, I mean, if I'm like, <laughs> Wait, but does now, now... Am I going to... Is, is, is Leanne Rhymes going to sue me? I don't know. I don't think I... Uh, what my, my theory is, or my thing... I should know this. I don't. I'm going to call I'm the gonna music say, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's because you have to license music. If we take any advertise, advertising dollars... Then, then any music that we use, we need to license to pay because first they need to pay. But we're not but, using. But, but that's the thing. You, I can sing any song I want. I can sing any song I want. I can cover any song I want. I just have to pay the artist. Yeah, but you can like cover royalties. Any, but you can. I, no, no. I pay them everything, and I get, I get the performance royalty. But hold on, you can cover any song you want live. Even though there's a door charge, you're not going to get ripped up for that. No. So as long no. as it's put down on wax. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, damn it. As long as it's put down on wax. <laughs> you know what that means? No. You don't know what that means? To put Danny down on Teller. wax? Danny, what does that mean? Tell her. That's what we're doing right now, babe, with your record. 
Oh, 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 yeah. I thought you meant. Oh, yeah. We're putting it down on wax. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. So maybe you, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe if you put it down on what wax. What do you do right now? I'm putting my shit down on yeah. wax. Yeah. Okay. If you put it down on wax, maybe then. We're going to figure this out. And you know what? We'll get to the bottom of it. Let's talk about this. Leanne Rhymes. Yes. She is an only child. We haven't really no. interviewed that many only children. I think one. She's had a really fascinating early life. She's basically a child star. Mm-hmm. And I'm intrigued to know what that's like doing alone without any siblings. Because mm-hmm. we've talked about this before with a number of different celebrities who were famous young. And there were always like a sibling that was there, had to be dragged along. or something. But she's like going yeah. out there alone. Yeah. Also just her upbringing and how that might have affected her path being an only child. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, let's bring, let's bring her, her on. in. I'm going to serenade her as she comes in. <laughs> okay. and, you can't, and you can't believe it. I'll do like under, like, like a background. Hi. Hi. My brother wants so badly to sing to you. I have seen you sing this song on a year. Oh, you have it. Oh my God, that's well, so you've true. Already saying it. Hi, Leanne. <laughs> Hi. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you. We were just saying that we we really don't have that many um, only children. We've had, we've we've interviewed. I think one, honestly one one only child. Yeah. Oh, I find only children very fascinating because I have so many siblings, and yeah, and I but, find that fascinating because. I am an only child. My husband's an only child too. Oh, wow. So, which usually doesn't, I don't know if that usually works, but he had, he has two boys. So I have two stepsons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, they were two and six when they were first in my life. So maybe because he had kids already, like the only child syndrome kind of gets knocked out of you with children. Right. Yeah. Did you, it works. (laughs) Did you want siblings growing up? Was that something you yearned for? Or was it just, this is my, this is it. It took, um, my mom tried to have kids for like 12 years and she was told she couldn't have children. And so, um, so I was it. And I, I think because I always, I was performing for from such a young age. I think that was kind of my sibling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was always entertaining me. Like I never really thought about having a sibling. Um, and I think if I did, like my life would have taken a completely different turn. Um, but I do have, my mom was best friends or had a best friend from high school named Sharon and her two girls um, are, they're four years and eight years older than me. And they were there when I was born and they basically are sisters to me. So I kind of like have the best of both worlds, um, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. I That's mean, so I, great. Yeah. They're, they are like my siblings. Okay. Where did you grow up? Yeah. I grew up in, well, I was born in Mississippi, but then I grew up in Texas from the time I was six. And then I grew up on a tour bus. <laughs> I was 13. When did that start? 13, 13, right? Yeah, I signed my record deal at 11 and then 13, I was on the road. Like, Holy full-time. shit, my I daughter's remember, 10. How old are you? Me, I'm 41. Yeah, okay, yeah, because I, I, I remember because you were so young. Yeah. And it was such a huge hit. I mean, it was like, crazy what was it yeah it was like zero to 60 and what like, was the was, what was the was, one it was that was the, the, the one i'm singing yeah no, well, no, no, blue, no. Was, blue was my first right. oh blue and then then it would then 
I don't even I don't even remember now. Then how do I live? And then came right. the midnight. Like it all kind of it was how, all very back to back. How like, old were you when you wrote How Do I Live? I didn't write that actually. Diane Warren did. Got it. So and that's how old were you when you performed for it? <laughs> Diane, <laughs> yeah. please come on, Diane. Yes. How old were you when you performed the song? I was fourteen. How do I live without you? Interesting. Yeah. Was there any yeah. sort of you know, talk like, well, I mean, you're young to be talking about sort of a situation in a relationship. Like, how do I live without you? How yeah, do I, survive? I mean, I guess that could have been. I think that song is so universal that yeah. it can be like I could have been singing it to your parents. Yeah, you know, could be my parents or could be yeah, my dog. Right, um, that's true. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because I never like music was music was always very universal to me. And I, and I had such a, I just knew how to emotionally connect from the time I was really young. I don't know where that came from. Um, but my dad used to sit me down and explain songs to me. And so just out of the story, I had a very vivid imagination. I mean, it's like acting, like it's, you just kind of put yourself in that position. But as I got older, living having actual life experience like it really does i i thought people used to people used to say that to me like when you get older mm -hmm. you'll sing it from a different place and i thought that was bullshit but it really wasn't mm -hmm. well okay leon take us to like when you were really little so so your parents couldn't have kids were you uh like a surprise i was like a, my mom's miracle child yeah okay and and are your parents still together no they got divorced when i was 14 mm -hmm. okay Oh, that's interesting. Okay, well, we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> um, um, okay, so you're a little girl, and when, you know, you're growing up in Mississippi, when did you start singing? I was, my dad has tapes of me singing at 18 months old. What? And, like, I was, it's so wild. I was on pitch, and I was, when I sang, you could understand what I was saying, but I would talk afterwards. There was like mumbling. Um, so I kind of learned how to speak through singing, I think. Wow. Um, how was your vibrato at 18 months old? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. <laughs> it's never been better. Never, it has never been better. Never been. You know, my um, son Bing has the same thing at like, but at like nine months old, not even, maybe even seven months old. He would sing, he would do hum Starlight and he would go, no, 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 uh, Matt song. Mm -hmm. And we were like, what? It was, it was That's so amazing. nuts. It's A weird. It's like, did that come in with you from like another, yes. you know what I mean? Like another lifetime? It has to. I, I I say music it 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 that's exactly did you ever read um Frankie Presto and the Magic Strings? No, oh, yeah. I have not. It's a Mitch album book. Yes. You should read it. And, okay. and that's kind of how I see music. It's like a it's like a per it's like a it's like a it's like something that's born into you. Yeah, but so yeah. is accounting. Yeah, numbers. You know For, sure. <laughs> For sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure, it's like a beautiful mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's all kinds of different things, and music is just the most incredible companion. Yeah, true. So you're little. You can sing at 18 months old. When was it really your parents who drove you into music, or was it you leading the way? 
No, and my my dad had a love for music. My mom and dad both played a lot of music in our household. And like my mom was really into Motown and my dad was into classic rock and country. And then my godmother was way into like Broadway show tunes and classical. And so like I got an array of music from a very young age. Um, and then I started, I danced from the time I was like two and my, my dance teacher heard me sing one day and she, my, she told my mom, she's like, you should put her in song and dance competitions. And I, that was where I first started at like five. So I would tap dance and sing. Oh and like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. did that become your mom's like, was she a stage mom? No, my, um, no, I, you know, they, my, my parents were really supportive of me, but I was definitely in the driver's seat of like, this is what I love to do. Mm. And it's weird to say, it's crazy. Like I got my record deal when I was 11, but I'd been on stage since I was five. So by the time I was 11, I kind of, it was what should have like, it, I, it was what I expected to happen at that age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so weird to say, but it's like, I, I've been working towards it and it just kind of, yeah, everything happened so fast for me. I mean, but at that age, like to be on stage since you were five, it's just kind of. Did like, you I mean, ever feel like forever. you missed out on yeah. childhood and just the regularity of yeah, being a child? Absolutely. I mean, I didn't. So when I first was around my stepsons, um, like I said, they were two and six. And when the oldest turned 11, I remember looking at him and going, oh, my God, that was like I was his age when I signed my record deal. And to see what a normal, quote unquote, normal childhood was like, Mm -hmm. um, it was the first time I actually felt like I had missed out on something. Mm. And the first time I had actually realized that that wasn't normal to do what I had done. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think as I got older i really did understand like that was very abnormal um and i feel like most of my adult life has been trying to put my childhood back to- together is that is that <laughs> right rediscovering yeah, yeah. rediscover <laughs> it and like what brings me joy like all those things so yeah i i wondered did if you felt an expectation to being the only I guess this might go both ways. An expectation to actually be there for your parents more than you would say if you had a sibling um, when you might want to maybe have been more independent or the other way around if you felt like there was a lot of attention on you that sometimes felt overwhelming or smothering from your parents just being the only child. Yeah, there was a lot that was it, it was the latter of those two things. Um, yeah. You know, being like my mom's miracle child and then having parents that really didn't get along. And it was kind of, I was what, what, I was the glue. And so, you know, being the glue and then having this incredible gift and all the focus being on you. um, I don't think I realized how smothering that was until much later on. Um, until therapy, mm-hmm. <laughs> lots and lots so, of therapy, yeah, until so the rebellion course, started. Oh, until that, yeah, that, the old rebellion that, phase. The rebellion started around I don't know, maybe fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it just kept going. No, it's it's really I. It's interesting about um, only children because uh, most of my best girlfriends are all only children and or an only child and i find that there is definitely a different 
sort of personality profile to someone mm-hmm. who didn't have siblings. Oh yeah. Um, it's all, it, it comes in different forms, but it's definitely specific. I, I find the other thing that's really specific is when you meet a girl who grew up with multiple brothers or you meet a boy who grew up with multiple sisters. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like you can kind of pinpoint those personalities more than any other Yeah, ones. I mean, I think we're imprinting as we get older on not just our parents, but our siblings and it's all happening. And when you don't, when you don't have that, you know, you're almost, you, you have your parents, but then you're sort of left to your own devices to well, sort of figure yeah. your own shit Even out. Even as a friend, like when you had friendships, I, I actually, I find this really interesting. This is, and, and forgive the intrusion and you don't have to answer this. If no, you please go ahead. Um, <laughs> You become famous really young. You're an only child. And now you're trying to nurture relationships, friendships, girlfriends. Was that hard? Was that like something you had to learn how to do and connect to? Was that challenging? Mm -hmm. Very. That's probably one of my biggest challenges. Um, I'm a real introvert. And because I've had the whole world's eyes on me since I was a kid, like, I've had such a, I don't anymore, um, but it's something I've really had to work at. I've had such a wall up to, it's really hard to penetrate um, because I feel like I've had to protect myself. Like every time I walk out into the world, like I've had to protect myself. And so um, to have, I have very close friendships, but girlfriends, I'm always been really like a guy's girl. I was never really around a lot of girls growing up. And in fact, I, I, in school, when I was, when I was in public school, I, um, I finished public school uh, in sixth grade and then I started homeschooling and did all of that on the road. Um, But I was really bullied a lot by a lot of girls. And so I think that kind of shut me down to girl, to female friendships. And so over the past, I don't know, maybe like decade, it's been really something I've, it's been a challenge and it's something I've worked on and something that I've been able to find solid female friendships. Um, and yeah, I've had to, I've had to learn how to be a, a friend. Yeah. And some, and I actually, you know, there's some things that I'm just really honest, like with my friends, it's like, I'm, I'm, I can't be there for that. Like, that's not, I just, I don't know how to be there for certain mm-hmm. things. And I've had to, it's kind of, it's been a rub sometimes. And I just have to be really honest of like, I didn't learn how to do that. But whatever that certain thing might be, what do you attribute your inability to sort of be there? You know, is that just, you you can't take it? Is it overwhelming? Is it anxiety inducing? Well, she's Um, saying that she's- All of those things. Yeah, it it is anxiety inducing for me. Um, And I think, you know, my schedule being on the road and touring so much, like being gone, I'm not like, I'm not fully- present. It's funny. I just made this, um, the beginning of this year, I just made a call list of like all my friends and all my family. And I'm like, once a week, I'm going to pick someone and I'm going to literally sit down and FaceTime and see them and call them. Cause we text all the time, mm-hmm. but it's like, when I'm gone, I'm at, I'm actually about to go travel to Australia and the UK. And like, I, I'm, I'm going to be out of pocket, like for face-to-face meetings. And it's like, I really have to I really have to take the time and plan to like keep these relationships going. It it can be really challenging. So, but I think, I think the biggest part for me is I just, I just didn't, I just didn't have a lot of those kind of interactions of friendships. A lot of my, I grew up around business. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, and I, 
I got burned a lot. Like I didn't know how to trust people, had a lot of trust issues. So it's really been this like slow opening for me with relationships. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So I'm an Airbnb fan. Uh, Not only do I stay in Airbnbs, but I actually (laughs) have a house that I rent as an Airbnb. I love a good Airbnb. I've stayed in many Airbnbs. It's the perfect option for family vacations. You can eat meals in the same kitchen. You can have a nice dinner around a table. Well, when you you actually think about it, it's also much more affordable and kind of nicer because you all have your own bedrooms. You don't have to share a room with your kids. Yeah. I mean, well, because usually it would cost more in a hotel room. It's so easy. So maybe you have an extra bedroom in your home or a guest house that sits empty. Maybe you have an entire house to host. And maybe you're going on vacation. So your house is just sitting there empty. So what do you do? You go on vacation, you're spending money, but you're making money as that's right. Bang, bang. You rent that. It's like, it's like a nice income. Right. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you got a couple options. You can just let it sit there empty or you can make some money off of it. So really think about it. You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Yeah. And also I have to say one other thing. It's like the thing that I do in bed at night is just I go on Airbnbs all over oh my the God, world. Me too. I do that <laughs> and too. And I'm like, ooh, what is this house in Montana? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, I do that too. Oh, what is this house in <laughs> Austin, Texas? So it's always fun to even just dream about places to go to based on the house. Your home might be worth more than you think. So why not make a little more spending money for that yearly trip that you've been saving up for? Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I remember it's I, I had this with Reese Witherspoon where I met Reese when I was... I I don't know our age difference, but I must have been. Uh, how old is Reese? Whatever, we're we're a couple year couple years apart, four years or something. And I was much younger, and she was fifteen, and she had this big movie out, and she became this like young little movie star. But I remember being a little girl watching her and there with her, looking up to her, going, you know, oh my god, this 
girl's amazing and I want to be friends with her and she's fun and she's everything. And I, I, if I, if I put myself in her shoes, that must have been really hard for her because I'm looking up to her like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. more uh, like I, idolizing. Whereas what someone in that time in your life, you really just want a friend. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want, want someone just mm-hmm. even even on your level, even keeled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be idolized. You just and yeah. then and then I guess that's where you kind of would go. Oh, that's, you know. I can't trust that or I don't want to. What are I, they? Can, I can't well, deal with are that. There your, are there ulterior motives? What do they want? Yeah. I just wanted to move to Nashville and like <laughs> have her mom's peach pie. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, no. I, think that, I think that is a big thing of, you know, wondering if there's like, why are people here? Yeah. Um, why, why do they want to be close to me? And, and uh, I, I'm so fortunate now. I think, like I said, over the last decade, I've really been able to, to cultivate like a really good group of people that I know just want to be around me for me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's such a beautiful thing to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How were your parents um, when you started, you know, on the road? Well, f- well, well, let's back up just a little bit. So you yeah. were, you started doing contests, like going yeah. out and right. And then weren't you on like, were you on, weren't you on the, um, Star Search or something? I was on Star Search. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Star Search. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, oh, that's so fun. I used to watch Star Search all the time. Star Search was the best. Oh it, was God, the it was the best. best. What was his name? Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon, McMahon yeah. of course. So good. Oh. Um, okay. So you're now, was your mom super protected? And it was usually your mom with you or your dad or both? They both were with me for a while until they got divorced. And then my mom kind of went off the road. My dad was with me. So my dad managed me and was produced me. And it was, it became, I, I ended up in a lawsuit with my dad when I was 16 for like oh, three years. Oh, um, shit. Which was a nightmare. Like I, I have parents should be parents. That's yeah. how I feel about it. My experience is like when you start, when money starts entering the picture and you're managing a career and your, your child becomes you know, a commodity and it, it just, you lose sight of your child. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're Chris Jenner, then you want, <laughs> then you want. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> she's a genius. Yeah. But no, it, I feel like it just was not, it did not work. And especially after my parents got divorced and like the whole deal, um, my mom was super protective and I I ended up moving to LA by myself when I was 16. Jesus. Yeah, yeah I, was about, I was about to I was about to ask that like oh who did you God. turn to during that? And moving back into the sort of yeah. sibling speak, you know, sometimes when your parents get divorced and you have siblings, yes. you have somebody, you know. Yeah. So my my girlfriend, Chrissy, who I mentioned earlier, who is like my um my sister, she actually she's only four years older than me. So I was I mean, not like she was like someone who could really like look after me. I was I was fifteen at the time, she was nineteen. She was on the road with me. All we were like little hellraisers. Oh which my was, gosh, that sounds we had the like best fun. Time. <laughs> it was fun. We had the best yeah. time. But she she came out with me, and she was really kind of my rock at that point in my life. And then, 
I moved to LA when I was 16 and lived with a boyfriend, which my parents were super excited about. <laughs> um, yeah, for like three and a half years. And then and then I my my first husband, I married my first husband when I was 19. Wow. Um, I was so young, but like by 19, I thought I was 30. Yeah. yeah. Well, you I mean that it, you know? that makes sense. You did a lot. Yeah. Um oh gosh. I wow. don't even know where to start. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't even know where to go back to. You don't have yeah. to go back anywhere. No, I, I, I do because forward. I want to know. That's I want to know what the so so when you signed a record deal, or mm-hmm. I, I I would assume that your father, who who did you sign with? I signed with Curb Records at the time. So that's also I went into um, at the same time I went to a lawsuit with my dad. I was also in a lawsuit with my record label. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, because I I'm I have what's known as the worst still in music history. Um, I was like in the deal till I was like 32 years old. Um, so oh I fought that and ended up re-signing with them because it was kind of the only way I could get out of it and make music again t- into a normal contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I, I ended up, I think I was 29 when I ended up like parting ways with them. Holy shit, um, that's crazy. I didn't know yeah. that. And was it's- your dad the one who made that deal? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, I had an entertainment lawyer at the time who was also my co-manager. It was all very incestual. Um, And so, you know, my dad, my mom, look, I have no animosity against my parents. Like I, they did the best that they could with what they knew, Mm -hmm. which wasn't a lot, you know, and it's when you're coming from no money and we live in this little apartment in Texas and it's like, everything's kind of being laid out there in front of you that's your, your daughter's dream, you know, do you, do you go for it? And so it's taken me a long time to get to this place, but I, you know, I really like, I just, I know my parents did the best they could. Mm-hmm. With what they knew, so. Also music is complicated. Like even just understanding who gets what and publishing versus awful. the, well, so. there's just, there's so many different, there's so many different avenues to make money and when mm-hmm. you're signing a deal, I'm not so sure that people who are young or who know, they probably nowadays it's a little bit different because so many people have been outspoken about it. Right. But I'm not so sure that people really understand what goes into it and what they're really signing because it's no, it I, I complex. Agree. And especially now these days, like there's 360 deals. So people are taking part of, you know, they want to take part of your touring. They want to take part of your merch. And it's like a whole, they want to take your, basically like your firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's way different than back in the day when it was just about records. Yeah, it's 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 and and like you said, you know, your parents at the time, I mean, they probably had no I mean, they could only they only knew what they knew. Exactly. Were um, you the one who had to do the reconciling? Did you have these feelings of forgiveness and compassion and basically say, "You know what? You did the best that you could. I fucking love you guys. Let's bring it in." Yeah. This was after she sued her father. I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it was. I, I mean, <laughs> it's so crazy. So my first um, my first marriage, my dad actually ended up, um, we had our first, we had a father-daughter dance. Like, we reconciled about a week before. Um, so it was like, a, he was there, and it was really awkward. And it's taken a long time to get to a place where we can like really talk to each other. Um, but yes, it's been a lot of therapy and work on my part to work on myself so that no matter where they are with their own stuff around it, 
I feel, I feel at peace with where I'm at, you mm-hmm. know? So, and that's taken a long time. I mean, when it's, you know, when you're an only child and it's your poor family, like that really kind of you ends up like the big bomb just comes in the middle of you and just like, you know, obliterates everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, the trauma from that, that I obviously didn't know back in back when I was younger, but as I got older, I was like, Oh, there's a lot. Of mm-hmm. There's a this. lot to unpack. Isn't it crazy though? Isn't it so crazy how, it's in the, so in, in, but it's also in the moment you're not understanding what that trauma is because no. we have no life experience. And as you get into relationships and as you sort of discover who you are is when you realize how fucking fucked up you are in the trauma how it's come to life absolutely and yeah. you're, when you're in relationships you see the trauma come right out in the forefront and mm-hmm. you're like oh in order to keep these relationships or in order to build these friendships that i want to build um i'm going to have to deal with my shit mm-hmm. do you like the work <laughs> do you like the self-reflection I or do. is it difficult i do i enjoy it yeah. um i mean definitely it's been definitely difficult um yeah at times, but I do, I do enjoy it. And I've, when you start to get that momentum after you think some things have started to shift, yeah. you're like, this is good. Like what else can I dig out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The breakthroughs. You know? No, it's yeah. true, but it's so funny because so nice. I've been through all my wellness shit and I've talked about it on this podcast a thousand times, but you do get in the zone, the zone yeah. of sort of getting better, but then you get a little bit better. And then the upkeep is hard for me. Meaning I'll do my meditations. I'll write in my journal because I feel like shit and I've got to deal with my anxiety or whatever. And the minute I'm like, I feel pretty good. And then I stop meditating and I stop writing in my journal. And it's the easiest and the hardest thing to do. 10 minutes of the day to sit Mm -hmm. down and and, and just be with myself. But I reject it and reject it and come up with excuses not to. And it's so easy to do it. But But that's the human condition, right? And I think the more we can accept that mm-hmm. yeah the easier it becomes like the more we can because i'm such a perfectionist or i'm i say i'm a, a recovering perfectionist because i would be one of those people that it's like if you're if you take therapy and you take all of these these tools and ultimately because you're not doing them you're beating yourself up i mean you're kind of defeating the purpose and so it's like the more we can the more we can yes keep ourselves um you know on on the right path, but also give ourselves some grace when we yeah, fall off of it. Exactly. Like that's the key. Oliver has given himself too much grace. Now. Yeah. I say it's grace gra- every <laughs> night. <laughs> Amen. The grace. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Perfectionist yeah. is not the word to describe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Look at his, look at his so, outfit. So maybe this we need a little more discipline. This outfit is perfection. This outfit needs more discipline. No, but it's, but here's the thing. I, 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 you, it's true. I am not a perfectionist. It's, oh wait, that's is that mine? No. Are you I, sure? Because I have the pants. I have the whole outfit. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's Larue or whatever. Okay. Yeah, just relax. You have enough clothes. <laughs> I need clothes. I have to buy my clothes. You don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so perfectionism is funny. You bring this up. From the outside, it doesn't look like I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> but what holds me back from my creativity and from reaching my potential as a creative person is fear. Is fear and perfectionism. 
because I will sit down and start to write something. And if it's not fucking perfect, I just stop rather than letting my brain go vomiting on a page and then coming back. Well, that's not perfectionism. That's follow through. That's the problem. No, I need to be perfect in the beginning instead of just being like, oh, right. Imperfect. I I, I understand that. Yeah. I want people to see my process. Like I I was just, I'm recording. um, I did a chant record in 2020. I'm recording my second one right now. And um, when recording chants, like we, it's very different for me the process than recording like a regular record because there's a structure of a song normally with a regular record. There's a verse, course, verse, course, and all good. With chants, like we write, we write a little section and then we kind of like build out from there. And so it's a real process in the studio of like, let's vomit. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, let's vomit, see what comes out. And so I invited some friends in the other day and I'm like, I don't even know why I did that. I must love you guys because I <laughs> hate people seeing this process because I feel like it needs to be like in a pretty box before anybody sees it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I understand that. And I, I think it was like unconscious of me to invite people in. Cause I think I'm trying to break that for myself. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing to try to break for yeah. sure. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter and composer, John Batiste. The all new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. So I'm an Airbnb fan. Uh, Not only do I stay in Airbnbs, but I actually (laughs) have a house that I rent as an Airbnb. I love a good Airbnb. I've stayed in many Airbnbs. It's the perfect option for family vacations. You can eat meals in the same kitchen. You can have a nice dinner around a table. Well, when you you actually think about it, it's also much more affordable and kind of nicer because you all have your own bedrooms. You don't have to share a room with your kids. Yeah, I mean, well, because usually it would cost more in a hotel room. It's so easy. So maybe you have an extra bedroom in your home or a guest house that sits empty. Maybe you have an entire house to host. And maybe you're going on vacation. So your house is just sitting there empty. So what do you do? You go on vacation, you're spending money, but you're making money as That's right. Bang, bang. You rent that. It's like, it's like a nice income. Right. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got a couple options. You can just let it sit there empty or you can make some money off of it. So really think about it. You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Yeah. And also I have to say one other thing. It's like the thing that I do in bed at night is just I go on Airbnbs all over oh my the God, world. Me too. I do that <laughs> and too. And I'm like, ooh, what is this house in Montana? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, I do that too. Oh, what is this house in <laughs> Austin, Texas? So it's always fun to even just dream about 
places to go to based on the house. Your home might be worth more than you think, so why not make a little more spending money for that yearly trip that you've been saving up for? Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. The one thing for me with writing lyrics, that was the biggest thing for me in is ha- was having the structure of time when someone said, you need to get your lyrics done by Tuesday. Right. You know, get these done by Tuesday or Wednesday, even if they're bad, mm-hmm. but we just, I, we just need to lay some, lay it down and get, you know, and the best thing for me in that process was being okay writing bad lyrics mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and being like, fuck it. I just had to, I'm going to put it down and then I'm going to go sing it. And if I hate it, I hate it. And they, I hate it already, mm-hmm. but then I'm going to hate it <laughs> and then I'm going to sit with it. But at least I have something. Sure. You have something yeah. to work off of. And as what well. I realized was that some of them I changed, but some of them actually ended up being what I thought was like the perfectionist in me was like, oh those God. are so shitty. I would I sing them and I go, I really like them. Yeah. I really like them. So I'm at, I, I, so I used to do stream of, stream, of, stream of consciousness writing, like a ton mm-hmm. of stream of consciousness writing. And, uh, you know, I like to write. And, and when I write from my feelings, I'm actually You're a pretty an decent writer. writer. So I read, sometimes I read back my stream of consciousness writing, which is just pen on paper. I'm sure you've done it. Mm-hmm. And I'll read it back. And it's so fucking good. Like, I'm a genius. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's incredible. You know? So, I mean, it does I'm sort of Joseph say, Conrad. <laughs> it does sort of speak <laughs> to letting go yeah. your creativity, just, just unleashing it. And you're bound to find nuggets there. Well, you, you know? oh, for sure you are. I mean, like, that's kind of with this chant record where I walk in every day going, let's see what we can uncover. Because it's otherwise when there's too much structure, then there's I feel like there's so much you miss because you're trying to fit in this box that mm-hmm. if you don't color outside those lines, like and see what an other picture you can discover. But I think it takes there. Trust me, I I know that fear deeply of as being a with being a creator, and I think it's taken me. I think it's taken me enough times of like getting brave enough to color outside the lines and discovering something cool mm-hmm. to go, oh, like it's like a new neural pathway mm-hmm. of like, oh, I remember I it might suck for a moment, but like there's something out there that I'm mm-hmm. going to discover. Yeah. So I think it's doing it enough to to start creating that new neural pathway of like of of a new, you yes. know, like new exploration. Totally. Yeah, uh, totally. I can relate. To that. Can you share with us how you got into what the album is called? God's work, the last yes. one you just toured, and yeah. and now ex- explain your religious connection. Are you are you religious? Um, are I'm you- spiritual. I'm. I grew up Southern Baptist and had a lot of um, 
challenges around <laughs> um, the way I was raised. And um, I, I, look, if organized religion works for people, amazing, all for it. Um, I just find that there's a lot um there's a lot of disc it, it keeps us disconnected from one another and so on when i had a lot of time like everybody to to sit around and you know during covid and question the big things um one of the biggest questions for myself is you know how do i move out of my own way i guess this kind of goes back to what we we're just talking about how do i move out of my own way to be more of a conduit for a more loving as a more loving being and as a creator like how can i allow things to flow through me um that are based in love. And so, and that really brought up a lot of, a lot of old stuff around like how I was raised in religion and, and how much that keeps us divided. And it's like, you know, are we, if we're trying to create a better world for each other, like, why are we still, why, why are we still keeping this division going? Mm -hmm. And so it's funny. Cause yeah, why I, are we fighting over which God? Yeah. We're all yeah. talking about the same thing, mm -hmm. right? Like at ultimately at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So, when I started working on this record, I knew God's work was the title because I knew it would be very polarizing, which I loved um, because I think people thought they knew what it was about. Like I remember so many people when I released it, they were like, why did you release a Christian record? I'm like, you haven't listened to it. Mm -hmm. Like it's not, it's not about that actually. And so I knew it would draw people in. I knew it would confuse a lot of people. And I just, that's what art is, right? Like, I wanted people to listen to it and take from it what they what they were going to take from it, you know, for themselves. And, and when you do, when you're writing the chants, your mm -hmm. chants, are, is it something that you kind of see as a, ch as a channel? Like you go in? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll meditate and usually I'll just start singing. Um, a lot, I look at my chant album as kind of like mantra puts music, right? So, I mean, we... I write chants all the time because I write courses and courses are pretty much chants. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, can't I take that and create more of a, of a chant record um, and really kind of put ba basically make it a mantra based record. So I'll sit in my own meditations and start feeling like what wants to be said, what do I need to hear? And all of a sudden I'll just start singing and I'll put my phone on and I'll press record and like, most of the time I love it. It's sometimes absolute shit. And, like, and is it just repetition based? Yeah. Lyrics? Repetition based. Yeah. So, um, and is it lyric all lyrics? Is it lyrics or sounds or both? Both. Yeah. That's both. cool. And I it's really fun. It's been really, yeah, it's been, do you listen to chanting different sort I, of spiritual chanting, like the Gyoto monks and all that? Yeah, I do. I, I do. But it's interesting because a lot of chanting isn't very musical. Mm -hmm. Um, There's some beautiful chanting, but it's not very musical. So mm -hmm. I think it's kind of, for me, it was like taking the best of both worlds of like this whole, you know, the real spiritual um, chanting. And then kind of this idea of this kind of like some, pop melodies but not making the chants sound too much like songs but keeping the repetition going so people can really follow along and i just want people to you know it's hooky enough that when people walk away you know when they then they press stop they can walk away with these really beautiful mantras in their head going around and round to lift them up that's really ultimately 
what Wait, I want. Let, let's, no. let's, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind. No. Oh, yes. God damn it. I want to ask one okay, thing. Go ahead. Yes. Just, just from going back to the whole fear. I, was go back, I know, but just going back to the whole fear based thing. You know, when you, when you take a departure sort of from who Leanne Rhymes is and however mm-hmm. you're being perceived, and now you are doing this, taking a chance with these records. Mm-hmm. Are you, is there a worry that it's not going to take? You know, that you, that people have put money into this and it's not going to sell from the business side of, of things. Or do you just not participate mentally into that? You're like, I'm going to do my art yeah, and then fuck it. There is a bit. Um, yes and no. I mean, I'm very aware of like, you know, here I put my own money into it. People have other people have put their money into it. Like, ultimately, it's not about that for me. I hope it does. But um yeah, it's more for me, it's always been more about focused on the art, do what I love. And if people get it, they get it. And sometimes people get it like two years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Sometimes it's like it just yeah. takes a moment to catch on because people have this idea of you in their head. And it's, you know, after they hear you talk about it for a year or two, they're like, oh, we really like we really dig this. We can get <laughs> on board. So sometimes it just takes a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really for me nowadays, it's like, I just kind of go in the direction of what lights me up to create. Yeah, I'm the same. I just ju- I just channel the Andre 3000 method and like, just be like, you know what? I'm making an album and it's going to be a flute. And good for uh, him. And I love and that you're doing that, by the way. It's gonna, That's amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I've always, I've always loved writing music. But like, I just uh, go for the, Andre, I go for the money. I just... <laughs> <laughs> whatever's gonna pay me just fucking I'll, I'll do anything Andre 3000 <laughs> making a flute album is one of the great yes. things of all time yes it and, I, and it's I've so loved, good I've loved Outcast it's for a so thousand years I love Andre and everyone's like he's got an album coming out and they're like it's the flute and you're like yeah and it's awesome yeah, yeah. it's fine no it's <laughs> it's awesome <laughs> And if we wouldn't get sued, I'd play a little bit. <laughs> but um, Leanne, you your story is different than a lot of pop star stories, which is that you came in hot. And then after you had your big like young thing, it was hard. I mean, I kind of want to get into that a little bit with you if you'd share it, because I think that when we put pressure on kids and you have that kind of fame, and then there's an expectation after that. Also, I want to I want to know how that felt for you, and then how to kind of look at that and say, at the end of the day, it's not how many records you're selling anymore, but it is who you are as an artist. Because no one's on top forever. No, no one is, and it's interesting. Um, Madonna, you know, my my, not even Madonna. I mean, everybody's <laughs> you know, like she's had moments where like. You know, she's kind of, you just kind of go off. And it's a like, roller coaster. It is. It's such a roller coaster. Paul McCartney. I, it's interesting. Okay. Like, yes. For Paul McCartney. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I definitely. My age and my story was so big at, at such a young age. And my record label like had acquired all of these records um, when I signed, like I'd started making albums at like eight. And so they had acquired all of this music beforehand. So not only did they put out my first album within, I guess a year, I had like three albums out because of like all this music had beforehand. So it wasn't like they were, they were making money. They were, they weren't trying to develop an artist. And so, you know, it was, it was a very fast, like it was a very fast burn. I was in people's faces all the time. And then 
then I, you know, I started, was started in country music. Then I had these huge crossover hits and people, country music wanted to disown me, like, because you're not supposed to cross over to pop artists as, you know, and I, I fought that battle for a long time. Like there were where nowadays there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of lines drawn around like genres of music. They're much more blurred. There were back in the day. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. And you were so young. Yeah. But then people, but that's, and, the that, crazy and that's so, I mean, imagine yeah. how, imagine what that must feel like to be 14, 15 years old and to yeah. have that kind of pressure at you, that kind of pol- polarizing back and forth about you. You're 15, you're developing your brain. Everything's yeah. developing. It's like, that's hard. And you, and you want, like, people expect you to do the same thing for the rest of your life when you start as a fetus. Like, that's mm-hmm. impossible. <laughs> like, yeah. and so <laughs> I, I think at, I guess my late 20s, I really started developing my artistry. Like, I, that was always there, but I really started writing my own music. And I just, uh, like I said earlier, I just, I, the music business is insane and there's such a game to play. And I don't, I don't want to play the game. Like I just, I want to make music. I want to make people feel something like that's what it's about for me. And I know if I stick to that, like this roller coaster that I've been riding forever, like there will be more ups and I know there'll be downs, but like the, I've been doing this for 30 years. Like I'm one of the few that can say that. Um, that people still listen and still give a shit. And so I'm lucky, like I'm lucky that people have grown into seeing what kind of artist I am and they support that. And it's not just about commercial music. Cause if I, I could go do that in a heartbeat, I've done it. I've recorded songs that I don't sing anymore because I don't like them. They've been hits. And I'm like, I didn't like it in the first place, but I did it because I knew it would be, it would be successful. And so that's just soul sucking. That's really, really soul sucking. And so finally one day in my late twenties, I was like, I can't do that anymore. So yeah. Do you, have, do, you, do you ever have like pop hits running around in your head where you're like, man, I'm not going to do that, but that would be huge. <laughs> no. I think we all want those. <laughs> yeah. In our head. No, I'm, I'm, just I'm not so sure you'd be like, no. Well, maybe, Let's get maybe that pop like, let me, out of my head. well, maybe I'll write no, it and then give it, it to someone, someone else. else. Yeah, no, I think. I think there's a way to have it <laughs> all. <laughs> I think there's a way to have some pop hits that have some substance. Yeah. I would hope, but it's, it's rare that those break through these days. Cause it doesn't seem like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of substance anymore. I feel kind of bad for music in general sometimes. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. So I'm an Airbnb fan. Uh, not only do I stay in Airbnbs, but I actually <laughs> have a house that I rent as an Airbnb. I love a good Airbnb. Oh, I've too. stayed in many Airbnbs. It's the perfect option for family vacations. You can eat meals in the same kitchen. You can have a nice dinner around a table. Well, when you when you actually think about it, it's also much more affordable and kind of nicer because you all have your own bedrooms. You don't have to share a room with your kids. Yeah, I mean, well, because usually it would cost more in a hotel right. room. It's so easy. So maybe you have an extra bedroom in your home or a guest house that sits empty. Maybe you have an entire house to host. And maybe you're going on vacation, so your house is just sitting there empty. So what do you do? You go on vacation, you're spending money, but you're making money as That's right. Bang, you're bang, gone. you rent yeah. that. It's like, it's like a nice income. Right. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got a couple options. You can just let it sit there empty, or you can make some money off of it. So really think about it. You already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Yeah. And also I have to say one other thing. It's like the thing that I do in bed at night is just I go on Airbnbs all over oh my the God, world. Me too. I do that <laughs> and too. And I'm like, ooh, what is this house in Montana? Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, I do that too. Oh, what is this house in <laughs> Austin, Texas? So it's always fun to even just dream about places to go to based on the house. Your home might be worth more than you think. So why not make a little more spending money for that yearly trip that you've been saving up for? Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. How long have you been with Eddie now? Um, we've been married. We'll be married 13 years in April. That feels like yesterday. I know. That's cr- when. Yes. Because, I mean, we all remember it. But, you know, um, it really does feel like yesterday. That's so crazy. So you're raising, you're helping raise two boys. Mm-hmm. And how's that been for you being an only child? The transition into that, you know, was that like discovering? I know we hit on it a little bit, but was it like discovering a whole new world? Yes, that was especially boys because they beat the crap out of each other. Mm. Like, for, and up until like maybe a couple of years ago, and now they're Mason will be twenty one soon, and Jake. <gasps> Holy shit! And so oh yeah, just until a couple of years ago, when Jake got big enough to actually like kick his brother's ass, and yeah. so he's now <laughs> <laughs> they now have stopped fighting. Um, but yeah, Mason's six six, Jake's like six three, and they they're men. They're yeah. like, young. and so. When I first was around them, I would like they would just start fighting in the whole deal. And I'm like, Eddie, is this, is this what's supposed to happen? Is this normal? <laughs> so it was it was such a shocker for me. Um, but it was so, you know, like I really I really, really enjoyed getting to be around them and to help raise them. When do you start to find your voice is like a stepmom? It, I was just about to say it took a while to settle in. Like yeah. I would say. I would say it felt like very much an outsider for about three or four years. Yeah. And then after that, I started to, 
I kind of started to settle into that role. And it's like, you kind of, you don't know your place. You feel like you need to, especially when they're younger, like you really need to show up in your household as like a mother figure. And then after a while, you're kind of like, I'm just going to sit back. You guys have a great time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Enjoy parenting. <laughs> I'll be over here. You know, if you need my help, like if the boys want to come to me and ask me a question, I'm here to help. Like yeah. it kind of ended up that way of like, I'm here to love but like, I don't need to get in anybody's way. Yeah. yeah. It's a fine balance. Oh, huh? step par- being a step parent is so hard. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a challenging. Well, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. Play into yeah. How that, challenging that's, it that's might right. be. That's right. You, it, it, it matters. You know, we, we have a great situation with um, my ex, Matt, and ba- riders out of the house. So he's cooked. Right. Um, <laughs> but like, but but Bing is twelve, and our really we're basically like we like travel together. <laughs> I know it's like cra- we vacation together. You know we are, and and our stepmom. I mean Bing's stepmom and Danny, my man, and his stepdad. It's like the perfect scenario because we're such present parents, me and right. Matt, that. Everybody is involved. Like we do our parent teacher mm-hmm. conferences together yeah. and Bing's just got like the best. He does a pretty good scenario. Scenario. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've gotten to that place where, I mean, I've always kind of gone to, to all the boys school stuff and been involved and, um, it's, you know, are their mom and we, um, we have Christmas together and Thanksgiving and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it can still be a little sticky sometimes, but it's just like, that's, that's just relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, absolutely. Or do you do, are I, you still in therapy? I mean, are you done? Oh, no. I mean, are we ever done? No, we're never done. <laughs> <laughs> I did great. Uh, I just no. haven't been I'm in like, it in a minute. And I'm like, God, I probably should, but his price either. is going up. No, oh. I mean, I'll take, I'll take breaks, but I, I definitely am always doing you know, some, some kind of form of something like yes, I, if it I'm never not ends. therapy, talk therapy, I'll do, yeah. I'm doing breath work and like things yeah. that I feel, you know, kind of really open me up and keep me connected. So yeah. it is never ending, but it, I, is, it is, but it's, know, it's a good, it's a good I've journey. Actually, I've actually calmed down on Like I used to, I used to try to do everything to try to make myself better. Right. And now I've really kind of like settled into myself. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot more being, mm-hmm. you know, beingness instead of yeah. like constantly an acceptance of where I'm at now, instead of trying to like get out of the place that I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's because I've done so much work that I'm now kind of in this place of yeah. settled. If you had to pull one thing out of yourself to heal it more, you know what I mean? And we're able to put it up on the wall and look at it what would that thing be? Oh, wow. You know? I mean, I think everything boils down for me to, to abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think, you know, to really feel secure. And I think, I think I've gotten, I've gotten to a place where I feel so, I feel very secure in myself knowing Mm -hmm. that I can take care of me no matter what, what, what or who comes and goes. Yeah. Um, But that took a while because um, I was, you know, I was so dependent on my parents and for everything, not just parenting, but then for business. And so when that broke up, I think that was such a big, um, a big trauma. 
Yeah, the abandonment thing is is good, but see, abandonment. I, ha- I I can relate to that. And if I was to break mine down, it would be the root would be abandonment, but then pulling from that, getting more specific, would be sort of lack of self love, self worth, which is mm-hmm. which which is what I would work on probably the most. Yeah. When I did this situation, I went to a place called the Hoffman Institute. <laughs> Kate, shut up. <laughs> I, I left there as the uh, as what I knew I could be, my potential, right. my full potential as a human being. You know, it's a there's a honeymoon phase, and then you sort of slip back into the real world, yeah, and course. shit starts to pile on a little bit. Right. You have a tool, more tools in your toolbox, but you leave that fucking place like, oh my god. Like, this is who I, this is my potential, you right. know? And it all stems from that true belief in who you are, that true love for who you are against all odds. And no matter what anyone says or does to you, I love who I am, which is yeah, not an easy I, place to get to, by the way. It's not, um, I've done a lot of, have you done EMDR work at all? Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I've done some EMDR work over the past year. Is that the, um, is that the, uh, the eye? Yes, sort yeah, of that rapid eye, eye stuff. movement. Yes, yeah. Um, so I've done that over the past year, and that's really been helpful. Um, but the one thing I've learned in that therapy is my one of my deepest beliefs. Maybe you can relate to this: is I'm bad, mm-hmm. um, and it's really simple and fundamental, and probably started when I was an infant of mm-hmm. I'm bad, and you know, mm-hmm. like. As kids, we internalize everything because we're so dependent on our parents. Like mm-hmm. anything that happens is is it's my fault. Like, you know, we think it's all the world revolves around us. So I internalize from very early on as I'm bad. And like what comes out of that, like is just wild mm-hmm. how it has manifested itself. So I relate because I think I really had a lot of self-worth issues for so long. And I think EMDR has probably been one of one of the most helpful things in in softening, I guess, those beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, That's amazing! Wow, cool. Yeah, I've, no, I've heard really a lot about it. Molly sent me this great, like, reel on Instagram. Wasn't this- my like high music? No, Ollie sends me. He gets high and I sends me. I'll smoke my joints or whatever. And he and sends just, me like weird music. Oh my god! And sometimes I'm like, wow, that was. That's like there's some good there's shit. There's some in there. great ones, and then sometimes I'm like, this is so like old Ollie. Like Ollie's just old EDM music. That's yeah, good. Though. It's like EDM meets like R and B. Right, he's like weird dudes like touching oh weird things. Like <laughs> it's like what? He's just way Does too she play high. That, um, but. um now i forgot what i was oh it was this great reel about uh this this uh gentleman talking about how you speak to your kids Mm -hmm. that you are you are what becomes their inner voice so when you're yelling at them in the morning or you're telling them before they go to bed and you get get you're you know criticizing them or judging them that these are the things that are creating that inner voice and um and it was so powerful to mm-hmm. me because that was des bryant because cowboy he was a receiver oh, yeah. for the cowboy yeah and uh oh that's who that was yeah oh, okay and um but it was so beautiful yeah and he was crying he was emotional oh, it was really emotional because he, and he said i i didn't have that so yes i didn't have someone who gave me the opportunity to have an inner voice that was nurturing or safe i mean i'm 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 now speaking for him but calm or 
you know, warm. Yeah. And and we don't realize how impactful how we speak to our children, but we do it all the time. Oh yeah. Got down the stairs. And you're like, oh wait, stop. You know what I yeah. mean? It's not nice. It doesn't feel good. And yeah, but when they're being like total assholes, like they deserve it, some of it. <laughs> Like they need some of it. There has to be some tough love. Okay, okay. You know. Um, how was your tour? Did you enjoy it? I did. I always I love touring. I do. I um I actually the end of last year, no no, the end of what what 2022. I was supposed to do a Christmas tour and I burst a blood vessel in my vocal cord from coughing. Oh which was God. awful and I was on voice rest for like completely for like 4 weeks had to cancel my Christmas tour. And so getting back into touring this year was the first like six months was like, I've been, I'd rehabbed it. And it was like slowly, I was performing, but it was like complete rehab, mm. honestly, for like six months. And, um, and so, yeah, it was, I loved playing this music. I loved playing this record. It's how do you perform so chant music? So we just did, I'm, I loved this. We just did this performance here at this beautiful Presbyterian church in August. Um, and it was, we did, we, we did it with the, um, the candle, uh, the candlelight people who'd like set up like 3000 candles in this incredible church. Wow. And there was piano and percussion and strings. And it was literally I took people through some meditations and we literally sat and I performed like a bunch of chant, chant music. And Ooh. it was, it's the first time I've ever done that. Talk about doing something different that I'm like, this is either going to suck. Or it's going to yeah. be amazing. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and it was so incredible that I'm like, I fell in love with that kind of performance. Like I literally sat oh. there on my little like yoga cushion and just sang to everybody. And it was so beautiful. So I'm going to do more of that when the next chant record comes out. So Yeah. That's Super exciting. Awesome. Yeah, love it. Um, all right. We, I think we're, you know what? I want to go back to, I'm finished this up to bookend yes. this. You said something in the very beginning that if you had a sibling, you think your life might have been different. Yeah. How, how, how do you think that? Where do you, how do you, why? I feel like I was, a, I needed a lot of energy for my parents. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like my, my gift and what I, you know, my, my voice and singing, like it took up so much time. I, I think it would, I think it would have been hard on my sibling mm. um, to have that kind of energy going toward one child. Um, in mm -hmm. my mind, it would have taken away a lot of, a lot of love and, and, and nurturing and energy from them. So I think, I think it would have just been really hard on my parents. And I don't know if, I don't know if I would have had, you know, the dedication from them completely, like the time and energy from them to be able to do what I mm -hmm. did so young. That's Who true. knows how I, how it would have turned out? Yeah. No, I know. Imagine if it was just me. Huh? I know. Imagine how many siblings? How many siblings God, are you? Could have been great. <laughs> could have been great. Uh, we have we're the we're you, blood. If you didn't have siblings, you'd be a nightmare. I'd probably be dead. <laughs> uh, we're blood. And then we have a half, Wyatt, and okay. a step, uh, Boston. And then we have two halves from dad, Emily and Zach, okay. who we are currently like super connected to now. And it's been amazing. And That's Kate cool. has made that all happen. And it's been really, really fun so to get great. to know the Hudson side of the family. Like, 
Love it. Pretty special. Um, and then we have another half brother who's an older gentleman um, who we just found out about five or six years ago. Oh, and, and then, then well, and longer then, than that. And then we have a younger. And then we have a. And then we have a younger who's younger half. than my son, Ryder. Right, right. She's oh, younger, wow. yeah. so his it's, aunt is two years younger. than Yeah, him. there's a lot okay. of like sex. My God, happening. there's so many of you. Yeah, with a lot of different people. It's the Italian <laughs> side of our family. <laughs> <laughs> and then, according to Tony Three and, and it me, all there's makes potentially sense. another one. <laughs> <laughs> it all tracks, and DNA is strong. Right, but we're the only. <laughs> Blood, got it. Yeah, full blood of like all. Oh, and Zach and Emily, and Zach and Emily. Yeah, right. yeah. Very so, cool. There you so, have well, it. If it's, I ever need a sibling, I'm just I'll just, just call Yeah, yeah. We can give you one. We, 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 we rent. We rank them. <laughs> well, thank, <laughs> you, thank you so much. Leanne. This is so awesome. Thank you guys. So nice to talk to you. Yeah, really I, I can't wait to hear the new chant album. Thank you very much. Yes, when it's done, I'll I'll send it over. Send it over. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. Thanks, guys. Have later. a good day. Okay, See you too. later. Bye. Bye. Awesome. Well, they're definitely not going to that. You won't get sued for that because I don't know understand what that was. What to say. <laughs> Hannah, you better keep this in. I mean, let's just take a risk. The worst thing they can do is you got to take it out. You know what I mean? Like we got to live on That's the edge. True. We got to live on the edge. That's true. Living on the edge. Oh, ding. Uh, Licensing. Uncle wrote that song. That's true. But so can we, you know. He'd have to sue us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, love her. Great. Fantastic. God, what a woman. Uh, you know what I love about this show? What? <laughs> <laughs> Other than you. <laughs> I love that the most unexpected people yeah. that we've interviewed, I just, it's just the best time. Yeah. I know. People are fucking great. People are great. And we, you know, there's so much judgment. Remember when we interviewed Nickelback? Yeah. I mean, think about how much oh God, judgment so went dissed. into Nickelback and how fu- how great, great they were. I know. And nice and, you know, yes. fun to talk to. I know. I just, I, I mean, not that it's a comp- you know, I'm just saying that so I wasn't Leanne's expecting. Like that's not cool, <laughs> Leanne. I did not. That's not that's, what I was saying. I was just saying that that when I don't have an expectation of how I'm going to go into something, how people surprise you. 100%. I'd say 98% of the time we are surprised by the people who we don't quite know that well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then there's another two that just fall flat. That's true. Like Glenn Powell. <laughs> <laughs> We're definitely keeping that in. <laughs> Glenn. We love you, Glenny. Uh, of course we do. Um, okay. um, all right. That was awesome. Oh, that was so great. Thank you, Leanne Rhymes. Yeesh. Bye. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com.